Welcome back to the Cryptic Corner. I hope you have your favorite cup of coffee ready for this episode. I am very excited for this episode. If you're like me and you love anything to do with aliens, alien abduction, UFOs, unexplained sky phenomenons, then this is the episode for you. The Betty and Barney Hill case takes place on September 19, 1961. Betty was a social worker and Barney was a postal worker who also worked with the local civil rights board. The couple was on their way back home to New Hampshire after honeymooning in Niagara Falls when they noticed a bright light in the sky around the time of 10.30 p.m. The couple pulled their car over to observe the craft and to also walk their dog that they had brought with them. Barney believed it was an airplane since he was an avid airplane watcher and was also a veteran. Betty believed it was a UFO due to her sister witnessing one years prior and remarked to her husband, Barney, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you're being completely ridiculous. The couple had gotten back into the car and started driving slowly down US Route 3 while watching the odd craft bounce about the sky. They noticed the craft began coming closer to the car. The couple got out the car once more, warning this time with a pair of binoculars and his pistol in hand to get a closer look at the craft. He could make out windows on the craft and people moving inside of it due to it being so close at that point. It was that moment when Barney rushed Betty back into the car saying they are going to capture us. The couple drove off as fast as they could with the craft lingering over their vehicle. According to the couple, this was where their last memory took place before blacking out and waking up 30 miles into their trip than they were before. I don't know about y'all, but if that would have been me and I would have woke up 30 miles into my trip with no recollection, I would have had a panic attack. <laughs> when arriving home, Betty had phoned a friend in the Air Force. His name was Major Paul Henderson. It's said that their sighting consisted with two other sightings that were called on Air Force radar data that night. These are reportedly all documented in Project Blue Book, and if you don't know what Project Blue Book is, that's okay. I have an episode coming a little later on down the road for that. The couple couldn't shake the fact that something strange had happened, both having this gut feeling that something was off. Betty insisted that their travel bags be kept by the back door, And Barney noticed that his dress shoes were scuffed up and he had bad scratches on them and that the leather strap on his binoculars were snapped. He also had the strange urge to go check his genitals, thinking that something was wrong, but found nothing out of the normal. Oddly enough, the couple was dead set on taking showers and wanting to get clean. After taking a bath, they sat down and tried to retract their steps of that night and couldn't remember anything from when they got out of the car and when they woke up driving down the road. After the couple took a nap, Betty began to unpack and hang clothing up in their closet. Nothing out of the odd until she noticed the dress she had been wearing that night had been ripped at the seam of where the zipper was and ripped open on the opposite side. It was also covered in a strange powder that was blown off after she hung it up. It was a little over a week when Betty began having nightmares. This happened for five nights in a row and then stopped. She told Barney about them and he was understanding considering after what had happened. 
Betty, who is described as an avid reader, checked out several books on the subject about UFOs and came across the UFO group called NICAP and also fully reported what happened to the Air Force since she was worried about being exposed to radiation and exposing others to it. That November, Betty started keeping a dream journal and began keeping track of all of her dreams in detail. In one dream, it's noted that Betty and Barney had gotten out the car and was forced into the woods by a group of small men. These men were anywhere between 5 feet to 5 foot 4 inches tall. They wore uniforms similar to that of a military officer. They were also described having black hair, dark black eyes, bluish lips, and gray skin. Betty wrote down that Barney was behind her when they were being guided through the woods by the men. She tried to call out to him, but he didn't hear her and appeared to be sleepwalking. The men took the two upon the craft. There, the pair was split, regardless of Betty's protest. It was told by what she assumed to be the leader that if the couple was examined together, that it would take much longer, and that meant that they would have to stay on the craft much longer. The next dream starts to go into detail about the examination process that Betty went through. In this dream, a new man walked into the room where the leader and Betty was. It's noted that this new man, I'll call him the doctor, was much nicer and had a very calming voice. They spoke English, but the doctor spoke broken English, and it made it hard for her to understand him. This doctor explained that he was going to perform a few exams and take small samples from Betty so they could understand humans a little better and see what made them so different from themselves. It's said that he took samples of her hair, nails, and skin. Her eyes, ears, and nose, and her throat was also examined along with her hands and feet. Now, this is where one of the most well-known parts of the case come into play. It's the strange test that's referred to as the pregnancy test in a lot of articles and videos about the case. This test, unlike the others, consisted of a long metal needle that was inserted into Betty's navel. It's said that it was extremely painful for Betty and that once it was over, the doctor had left out. After all this, Betty reportedly started having a conversation with the leader. She was handed a book with strange symbols on it and was told by the leader she could keep the book if she wanted to. The leader also showed her a star map that showed the system he and the others were from. This dream ends with Betty and Barney being brought back to their car. November 26, 1961, the Hills were interviewed a few times by NICAP members C.D. Jackson and Robert E. Holman. In one of these interviews, the Hills noted that they weren't able to remember anything on their ride home of the night of the abduction, and when was questioned about a certain discrepancy in the interview, it was over the fact that the trip that the abduction happened on took them seven hours to get home when it was mentioned by the Hills that it should have taken four hours. The Hills said that they had no explanation as to why it took so long for them to get home. Ufologists blame this on the term called missing time, which is very common in cases like this. The Hills also said that the craft might as well have been the moon, but the men interviewing them had told them that the moon had set earlier that evening. 
This is also where hypnosis is brought up. Barney was apprehensive, but thought it would help with Betty and her dreams that she was constantly having. Dr. Benjamin Simon was suggested to the Hills by Captain Ben Sweat, who the Hills had met and disclosed their encounter to at a church meeting Sweat was lecturing at. Now let's talk about Dr. Simon for a moment. He was a neuropsychiatrist and an expert in therapeutic hypnosis who used this skill set on veterans and military personnel to treat psychiatric disorders during World War II. He was also chief of psychiatry at the Mason General Hospital in Long Island, New York, where he would treat battle-related amnesia with hypnosis. Simon was also a skeptic when it came to otherworldly encounters with little green men, but was willing to help the couple. Early on in their session, Simon had determined that the encounter was causing more anxiety for Barney than he was willing to admit to. Even though Simon had dismissed the idea of a close encounter with aliens, it was very clear that the Hills were convinced that they had a close encounter of some kind. The hypnosis sessions began January 4, 1964, Barney being the first to undergo hypnosis. Barney's recall during these sessions matched with what he had been recalling when awake, except during these sessions he was prone to emotional outbursts and being more scared than anything. Barney also reported while under hypnosis that he had broken the straps of his binoculars when he had ran back to his car during the first stop when witnessing the UFO. He recalled that after driving off, he was compelled to go off-road and drive into the woods where the couple would find six men standing in the middle of the dirt road and would have three of those men approach the car. Barney recalled being told not to fear them even though his anxiety was still very much present and that the leader had told him to close his eyes. Barney said that it felt as if his eyes had been pushed back into his head when he did so. Throughout the session, he would make comments about eyes, saying, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. He would also go on to mention, All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Barney mentioned in one of his sessions that they were taken aboard the craft and separated. He was then escorted into an examination room, but unlike Betty's account I spoke about earlier, his experience was less detailed due to him keeping his eyes closed during the majority of the exams. It's said that during his examination, samples of skin and body fluids were taken and a spinal examination was done. He said he could hear Betty and the leader having a conversation that sounded mumbled in another language, but sounded like English all at the same time. Betty's sessions were pretty close, if not almost the same as her dreams, with only a few notable differences, those differences being how her and her husband was captured and then released, along with the technology of the craft being completely different as well as the descriptions of the men who brought them on the ship. Betty would also exhibit much fear when it came to her recalling the examination process in these sessions. At one point, she would have to be waking up due to her crying. The order of the memories were different than the order it had taken place in the dreams, but the couple's memories were still very, very consistent when it came to comparing the couple's personal hypnosis sessions. Betty was given a post-hypnotic 
suggestion that she could sketch out a copy of the star map that she was shown and would later go on to describe what she had been shown as a hologram. Dr. Simon came to the conclusion that Barney's recollection of the UFO encounter was likely inspired by Betty's dreams, being that was the most reasonable explanation that he could come up with. Barney rejected the idea and was ready to accept the fact that him and Betty was abducted even though he didn't embrace it the way that she was embracing it. The couple would go on back to their everyday lives and would occasionally talk about what had happened to them to family and friends and the occasional UFO researcher. In the year 1966, a book was published by John G. Fuller called The Interrupted Journey that recounted the case of what happened to Betty and Barney. Barney would sadly pass away though in 1969, and in 1975, a film was made based off the stories and case starring James Earl Jones and Estelle Parson. Betty would go on and kind of become a celebrity within the UFO community. She would also go on to publish her own book in 1995 called The Common Sense Approach to UFOs. Betty's dress from the night of the alien abduction was sent off. However, I wasn't able to find out the exact year they sent it off to to have it tested, but what was found on the dress was topsoil and traces of bacteria on the sleeve. The pink stain is believed to be from mold. However, it is argued that the pink stain could very well be from the odd powder that she found on her dress the morning after the abduction took place. I don't know. What do y'all guys think about that? Do you think it's mold or the mysterious powder? Betty would sadly pass away from cancer in 2004. And this is where I will conclude my episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. So what are your thoughts? Do you think they were taken aboard a UFO? Do you think they encountered little gray men? I think they did. But anyway, as always, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter. You can find me on there at Cryptic Corner. Don't be scared to tweet me some episode ideas. If your topic gets picked, you will receive a shout out on Twitter and you will also be mentioned in the show, in the episode. As always, stay safe, and I will see y'all next week. Bye!